Welcome to the Strong Like Mum podcast. Yay! This podcast is sponsored by Pregnacare. Pregnacare vitamin and mineral supplements provide advanced nutritional support for every stage of pregnancy, before, during and after. They include vitamin D and the exact levels of folic acid as recommended by the UK Department of Health. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Strong Like Mum podcast. Today we're joined by Claire Goodwin, aka the PCOS nutritionist. Claire is an expert speaker, writer and consultant. Today we're discussing conception, managing polycystic ovaries and how the link between stress and exercise can impact your daily health. This episode isn't just for those struggling with PCOS themselves. It's for anyone who's interested in how to maintain a healthy lifestyle and finding in-depth answers as to why you may be encountering issues such as weight gain despite leading a healthy lifestyle. Understanding functional treatment and how to avoid and treat issues such as insulin resistance or lean PCOS. However, for anyone who may be struggling themselves with PCOS or if you know someone who may be displaying symptoms, Claire is also releasing a book this September focusing on getting pregnant with PCOS. Claire, thank you so much for joining us today. My pleasure. So lovely to speak to you again. Um, I'm really excited about this chat because this is actually something that I know very little about. And so um, I'm going to have to rein in my questions because I'm sure I'm going to have about a million and one because I, <laughs> I actually love learning and I know I can remember the first time I heard you speak and it's just so amazing um, everything that you say and just there's just so many things for everyone to relate to you know whether they've they've had PCOS or not um, but maybe you could first talk us through your personal journey and how that led you to doing what you do. Yeah, so for me, it was when I was uh, an athlete like you, I was a runner and then later a triathlete competing for New Zealand. And I started getting a lot of these symptoms that just didn't add up. Like I was gaining weight, even though I was eating the, you know, this is when I was studying nutrition and exercise science at uni as well. And so I knew that I was eating all by all the sports nutrition guidelines and I was eating fairly low calorie because I was in a weight dependent sport and was very aware that I was gaining weight and I was um, so I was training about 20 hours a week and I so I was gaining weight especially around my middle um, and then also like my I lost my periods as well for about three years and when every time I went to the doctor they would just say oh it's because you're an athlete and you know athletes lose their periods sometimes and I was like but it doesn't make sense because I'm learning about this at uni and people women athletes that lose their period it's generally because they're low body weight and actually I'm the opposite I'm gaining weight yeah so it things didn't make sense and finally after many years I went to see a different doctor this was after I finished university and, and was starting my first job and she was the one that put the pieces of puzzle together and said ah right okay you're still getting acne you know in your mid-20s which you've been complaining about to your doctor for a long time you you know you're getting irregular periods or you've, that's been missing for a few years you are gaining weight, let's test you for polycystic ovarian syndrome. And she ran the tests and it came out that I did have that. I She also found that I had insulin resistance as well, which I know that's something that we're going to talk about later. Um, but that's basically when you're um, sort of like pre-type 2 diabetes, when your body, um, insulin is the hormone that manages your blood glucose. And I was producing too much. I was on my way to developing type 2 diabetes, which for, for an athlete, you know, mid-20s, mm. Um, this didn't make any sense based on what I'd learnt 
you know, in my five years at uni, that people that develop type 2 diabetes are those that, you know, yeah. were eating too much, exercising too little. And I was like, well, this doesn't make any sense to me at all. So there, there are four different types of PCOS. Can you talk us through those? Yeah, so this is something that if you go to your conventional doctor and say, what type of PCOS do I have? They'll probably look at you very blankly. It's not an accepted term in conventional medicine. You won't find it in the scientific literature. It is our way in sort of the functional medicine or naturopathic medicine, our way of describing to you that not all women with PCOS are the same. So the four kind of types that we look for is really what I call the root cause. It's not that you caused your PCOS, absolutely not. This is a genetic environmental condition, but it's just a way of trying to understand what's going on underneath and because those are the things that we can fix. So the main things is insulin resistance, which is, as I said before, it's your the hormone that regulates your blood sugar. Um, it, there is stress hormone imbalance, so when you've got too much stress hormone. Um, also, chronic inflammation is another thing that can go on. Um, and a thyroid condition is another really common one. And then many women also have this thing called post-pill PCOS where they've never had any symptoms before, had always had completely regular periods and no like acne or hair growth or other symptoms that would be associated with PCOS. But then coming off the pill, they then suddenly, they, their periods are very irregular and they have slightly high testosterone or maybe slightly high insulin. And so for them, often we, we term that post-pill PCOS for many women um, and just to differentiate that maybe for them it might be a bit of a temporary state and if you know, just changing a few things might help to get that back relatively quickly hopefully but can we just um, for a moment just talk about insulin resistance what that is and what the long-term effects can be of not addressing it yeah so insulin resistance is the way that I like to think about it, so insulin is your blood sugar hormone. It regulates your blood sugar. So when you eat, it's your, you can't just um, take that, like say, for example, you ate some pasta, which is full of like carbohydrate, and when it's broken down in your stomach, it crosses across into your blood, and then your body has to do something with it. So it has to actually store it away in your cells so you can use it for later because we can't use the food that we're eating right in this minute just for energy. Otherwise, we'll have hours between meals where we don't have anything to use. So, um, But the cells are always locked so that things can't just fly in there willy-nilly. They're like, hold on, only I will say whether you can come in or not. And so it's insulin's job, basically. I think about it, insulin is like the Uber driver. It goes in and it collects up all the glucose molecules and then takes them to the cell. And this is a really nice Uber driver. He actually gets out, goes to the door, knocks on the door, uh, and the doorman opens it and says, what have you got? And he's like, hey, I've got these five glucose molecules. Will you let them in? And the doorman goes, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's what we want. But in insulin resistance, it's like when the Uber driver goes to the door and knocks on the door and the doorman can't hear it, and he's like half asleep. And so the Uber driver has to call his, all his mates and say, hey, come on, I need your help. You need to come and bang down this door with me. And so instead of it just taking one Uber driver to knock on the door, it now takes 100 Okay, so you've got all this extra insulin in your body. And in PCOS, what that causes, that causes your body to overproduce testosterone, the male hormone. And testosterone does all manners of awful things in the female body from causing, um, you know, your egg not to develop properly and therefore you might not ovulate or get, um, or, you know, in that way can affect pregnancy. It also increases something called luteinizing hormone, which is your main hormone that controls your ovulation. 
Um, and again, in that way, stops you from ovulating or maybe makes you ovulate much later in your cycle. Um, it can also, in women, cause acne and hair growth and hair loss and other awful symptoms as well, and also exacerbates weight gain. So that's what insulin resistance is, and that's how it impacts on women with PCOS. And so what are some of the most common symptoms of PCOS? Understanding, of course, that there are it's going to be different for everyone and as you said there's four different root causes and that's going to impact your symptoms but what are some of the most common symptoms and are some of them must have symptoms you know in quotation marks so for example would everyone experience irregular periods or could you have completely regular periods and still be suffering from PCOS? Yeah, it's less common to have completely regular periods and still have PCOS, but you can. It is possible. Um, and so that those women would often get missed in diagnoses, unfortunately. Um, really common symptoms would be um, weight gain, especially around your belly. So that would be a really common symptom. About 80% of women with PCOS suffer from weight gain. Um, but then again, as I said before, you know, 30% of women with have lean PCOS, so actually it must be 70% suffer from weight gain. So 30% have lean PCOS, but they still might have something like insulin resistance going on. Um, acne, especially around the jawline, that's quite um, quite common. Um, also facial or body hair growth. So again, like think of the areas that males would grow here on their body. And because most women with PCOS have more testosterone in their body, whether that shows up on their blood work or not, they still generally do. And so they might grow, um, you know, around the, like the jaw, upper lip, um, chest, stomach, um, bottom, you know, those areas can grow, but not all, you know, like for example, hair growth has not been one of the symptoms that I've suffered from, but acne has been. Um, also women can suffer from hair loss. So especially again, think of the areas that males tend to lose their hair. So in the crown, so that receding hairline, widening of the part, um, that's quite common, you know, so if you're really suffering from it in that particular area, definitely think androgens and, and whether it could be PCOS. Thank you for, for uh, talking us through that. I, I mentioned at the beginning that I remember hearing you talk the first time I saw you talk and you were talking at that point about stress and over-exercise and how over-exercise and stressing your body can actually have a detrimental effect in terms of weight gain and weight loss can you talk us through that connection I remember you talking about sort of the release of uh, glucose and you know sitting at your desk as opposed to a lion being able to run off <laughs> all this additional energy so could you can you talk us through that so yeah stress is a really important one and I think this is something that is just so overlooked and especially um, for females um, especially when we like are trying to lose weight we can often go quite far forward in the like in the wrong direction when it comes to overexercising, and probably maybe you don't even have to think about it as overexercising. But just what I like to think about it is that we all have a stress bucket, and we can only put so much into your into our bucket. So if we are like say living in especially urban areas like London. Um, you can pretty much already fill up your bucket half full because of the kind of the pace of life that we live at, the 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 stress that comes with living in a city that mm. we just don't even kind of kind of think about. Then there's like you know a stressful job, you know, um, especially being like a professional female. 
Um, and then maybe, you know, children on top of that. And you've already got pretty much a full stress bucket. So we've got to be really careful about how much we're adding into that stress bucket. And and dif- different people have different tolerance to the amount of exercise that you're doing as well. Right. So if you don't have if you if your stress bucket is only a quarter full, then yeah, you can probably deal with a bit more. But if it's already at 90% full, then your tolerance is probably going to be a bit less. So I often see women who are, you know, really struggling to lose weight and their immediate thought is, okay, well, if I'm not losing weight when I'm doing one Barry's boot camp a day, then I'm going to do a Barry's boot camp, a soul cycle and an orange theory, and that will help me lose weight. But the problem is, is if you've then gone and your stress bucket is completely overflowing. And when that happens, your body doesn't understand where that stress comes from, right? We're still wired. Our bodies can't interpret, our brains can't interpret why our body is releasing cortisol. So when, our, when we are stressed, regardless of where that comes from, so we're, it might come from the fact that you have a, like you've got to work at 9am after doing your Barry's boot camp and your boss has just arrived and given you two more projects that need to be completed by 8am tomorrow morning. And you're like, oh shit, I've already got three projects that need to be completed. So your brain doesn't know how to interpret that it just says whoa okay we've got this massive surge of cortisol our stress hormone why is that well we don't know how to interpret it but there must be some threat to our life because that's the only way we can actually interpret stress is that it's a some threat to our life so body goes okay what needs to happen well if we're going to survive we need to get away from this stressors we need to run or jump or fight or flee to get away from this so it's like okay well you're going to need some glucose to help you do that and your muscles to work so it releases a whole bunch of glucose into your bloodstream. But the problem is that we're not doing anything with that glucose. We're just sitting there at our desk, likely drinking another cup of coffee and making it worse. And in the meantime, our body has to then do something with that glucose. So and if you are already a little bit insulin resistant, if you have some PCOS issues, then again, think about that the Uber drivers you're going to need now to go and take that glucose in yourself. You know, you're not going to need just one Uber driver. You're probably going to need a thousand. And as that insulin rises, then it causes quite a vicious cycle where um, if your body can't utilize that glucose, and if this is happening enough, then insulin resistance is likely to set in. Um, and so you get this, when you when the Uber drivers are there and they're trying to get the glucose in the cell and the doorman's not opening, they then get a bit panicked and they're like, well, shit, what are we going to do? We're going to have to take these passengers and we're going to have to take them and drop them off somewhere else because we can't put them into the cell. So they, it generally gets deposited as fat and it makes it, so A, you're like gaining more weight because you can't actually utilize that food that you're eating and the glucose that your body is just dumping into your, into your body. And also it causes this really vicious cycle where when your insulin is high, your body can't really utilize any of your stored fat for energy and insulin kind of blocks that pathway. And so you might be going to that various boot camp, but because your cortisol is already too high, your body's like, well, I can't use glucose to actually, well, I can't use my body fat to as fuel for this workout. So instead, I'm just going to have to use, I don't know, break down muscle or something instead. And so the result is that you end up getting sick, you end up getting super tired, you get, you know, really fatigued, and you're still not losing weight. So when you, like, if weight loss is a, is a factor for you and you're really, you know, you're really struggling with that, then don't think, okay, I need to go and do more exercise. I think that's a really common problem with, especially females have, is that they think, well, if what I'm doing now is not working, I need to do more. Um, think instead, okay, what's 
if I'm already eating well and exercising and I'm still not losing weight, then let's actually look about what could be causing that and try and figure out if there's another issue here that I haven't, that hasn't been diagnosed that is causing this. And let's actually try and fix that rather than going and eating less and exercising more. Yeah. And I remember you saying it might, those people may benefit more from doing a yoga class or, you know, going for a walk or something. Absolutely. And I think this, you would know this as well, Shakira, from your work, but you know, that especially, you know, like walking is such a fantastic exercise, not just for, you know, burning calories, which is often what it gets attributed to, but just for, um, you know, mind, body, health, everything. And those, especially those lower kind of cardio exercises um, can be really helpful for um, weight loss because it's only really at those lower intensities that our body is more efficient at burning fat. So if you, if your body can burn fat, it's likely going to be doing that. And, you know, some high intensity can be really helpful for a lot of people, but it's just, I often see people going too much down that road um, rather than just, you know, instead of doing maybe, I don't know, 20 minutes of high intensity work a couple of times a week, they're doing it every day for an hour. And that's where it's really can get overwhelmed and your stress hormones can get super burnt out. Yeah. So from what you've said there, I think I heard you say it's a catch-22 situation in terms of, um, weight gain leading to PCOS and PCOS leading to weight gain. You know, is it, is it, you know, a constant circle or is there sort of one that leads to the other? This is something that's really heavily debated in the science world and the and all this research that's come out. Um, most of the research would agree that weight gain does not cause PCOS. Um, I would be very uh, surprised if it did come out that actually weight gain caused PCOS and this is because PCOS is a is a condition of your genes not working well with the environment right and you don't have any control over what genetics you were born with so most it's really well recognized in all of the um, research on PCOS that there are certain genes that women with PCOS are more likely to have I definitely have those genetics and these genes make us better at storing body fat we are the perfect creatures to have in an apocalypse. Like if there's a body type that you want, if we, if the world ends, it is mine. <laughs> we store fat very well and we are very stingy at using that. Okay, so we are gonna, we're going to outlast you all by years. <laughs> but the thing is, is that that also means that we are just not particularly well set up for our current environment because because we are so good at storing fat we are more likely to do that um, and so therefore and when we're also more likely to develop this insulin resistance because actually insulin resistance is again it's a survival thing it means that we are really good at storing fat and we're very stingy at using it so um, then what happens is that if you have that genetic predisposition predisposition you do start to develop that then weight gain then exacerbates that. So if you've already started getting a bit of insulin resistance, then weight gain is going to exacerbate that and it's going to, it's going to make it worse. And, and then you have this high testosterone because the insulin, as I said before, causes the high testosterone and that also makes it really hard to lose weight. So you've, that's really what causes the vicious cycle. Um, and really what it comes down to with women losing weight with PCOS is getting, bringing that insulin down, which will then bring the testosterone down, which will then mean that your body can actually access some of your fat to, to burn to and that's really 
the the crux of losing weight is being able to access your body fat and burn that for energy as opposed to just living off the food that you're eating um and how is nutrition linked to that obviously your um your handle and your website is the PCOS nutritionist so I'm guessing that there is quite a big connection in terms of the nutrition that you're getting yeah there is firstly finding out what that root cause is for you so going back to those initial types I said and you know for you for many women as well it's not just one thing like for me it was that you know my I had obviously developed insulin resistance but also my stress hormones were shocking like I had been you know training 20 hours a week as an athlete doing a lot of high intensity endurance exercise I'd also you know done my honors at uni and written a 30,000 word dissertation and you know and then gone to compete in Europe for two months and triathlon at the same time like so my stress bucket was super full and this was causing you know a lot of issues for me as well so it's often not just one thing But when you figure out what those underlying root causes are, then you can actually match them up with the right treatment, right? So if you have high stress hormones, then the obvious route is going to be, and that's your main issue, then nutrition is probably not going to be the most important thing. Actually, addressing those stress hormones is going to be the most important thing. Maybe part of that is actually eating more, um, but probably a lot of it is also addressing the other forms of stress in your life. And that can be different for all women, right? Like, So it could be that, I don't know, you're under significant financial pressure. And that actually, what that's going to take, or maybe you've got a horrific boss who's bullying you. And so some of these things can take a long time to kind of sort out um, and work through. But, you know, they have to be addressed if you're going to, again, improve those stress hormones. But yes, the, back, to, back to your question about the nutrition. Sorry, I got a bit off topic there. But for, No, 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 no. It's really interesting. But it would be good to know in terms of nutrition what would be kind of the uh, just a few of the main things that women may need to address? Yeah, so I think the main thing would be, again, identifying if you have some insulin resistance, then the main thing is going to be, okay, how do we, because remembering that insulin is your blood hormone that regulates your blood glucose. So the first thing would be, okay, if you've got high insulin, then stop assaulting your body with a heap of things that are going to raise your blood glucose. So sugar be the primary one right like you're going to have to be really careful about your sugar intake uh, and while someone else might be able to get away with having you know a chocolate bar after after dinner you're probably not so it's going to be about addressing those most important things so sugar would probably be the, the primary thing that I would focus on um, and you don't it doesn't mean you have to go cold turkey it just means maybe swapping out your after dinner chocolate bar for you know a couple of pieces of 90% lint chocolate or maybe making some brownie with some like um, sugar alternative, like some erythritol or like stevia or something like that, which is a, you know, has the same sweet taste, but doesn't raise your insulin levels. Um, And then it would be about looking at other, you know, other things that your blood glucose is, what's, what's also causing that to rise. So for you, it might be modifying your, the other carbohydrates that you're eating, because carbohydrates like your breads and pasta and rice and potatoes and sweet potatoes are all broken down into sugar molecules and they do cause a rise in your blood glucose. Um, And so for you, maybe depending on what your insulin is doing, maybe what you're eating at the moment is just raising that too much and we just have to modify that slightly or maybe just modify the type of carbohydrate that you're eating. But those would be some of the first things that would be looked at. And that's the type of process I'm guessing when someone comes to see you, that's one of the things that you would be looking at 
um, in terms of trying to, to discover their root cause and help them recover? Yeah, totally. So the first thing we would do is either do some like blood tests or we'd look at some like really specific symptoms to figure out if insulin is, the, is a problem for them. As I said, that's the first thing I'm going to rule out or rule in. And then once we know that, then we can go, okay, yeah, if it is insulin, then we definitely have to focus significantly on their diet. Whereas I said before, if it's not, if actually the main issue is, you know, stress hormones, then when, then diet's not going to be the first thing we focus on. Amazing. Brilliant. Thanks. So, I mean, as I said, I could talk to you about this for hours. I'm so interested. I learn so much from hearing you speak. Um but it's time to wrap it up. So if people do want to know more, just where they can find you, your website address and things. Yeah, we're just at, uh, so the PCOSnutritionist.com um, and the same handle on Instagram, the PCOSnutritionist, no spaces, no dots, no nothing. Um, and then, yeah, and then obviously our book coming out in September called Getting Pregnant with PCOS, which will have all of what we've talked about today in there. Um, thank you so much, Claire, for your time. Honestly, it's been incredible. Thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. It's been so great to talk to you again. This podcast was sponsored by Pregnacare. Expert nutritional care for pregnancy with you every step of the way. To find out more, visit www.pregnacare.com.